Welcome to the Boundless Gamers Podcast. This is episode number 17. I am Jacques. And as always, except for the one episode, Mike is joining me. You made it sound like I wasn't on an episode. What the hell's that about? <laughs> I haven't missed one yet. You took an episode off, not me. Let's get that straight. You're the lazy one. Arguably, I'm taking this episode off too. <laughs> oh. So yeah, let me just get through the social media. Okay, so we're at Boundless Gamers, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and you can follow us on your favorite podcast platform. And that is it. Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. That's it. That's all we do. All right, Mike, do you want to just jump right in and talk about some Dead Space? Because... Oh, should we talk about how this is going to be a very different episode, though? Oh, yeah, that's right. We probably should. Yeah, it's just... I just kind of wanted to change it up a little bit. It's not going to be wildly different. Essentially, we're just going to be kind of cutting out the sections, and it's just going to be more seamless. We're still going to talk about what games we're playing, uh, whatever else. It's just not going to be like, oh, and now we're moving on to the topic. And, you know, I like we both like our format that we have right now, so it's probably going to go back to that next week, but I just wanted to try out just a little something different just to see how it felt. And then you guys have to give us feedback. If you guys don't give us any feedback, then we're just lost at sea somewhere. We don't know what's going on. Yeah, we're, we're, it's kind of like we're lost in space. Speaking of space, let's talk about dead space. That's a terrible segue. <laughs> oh, come on. No, I'm not allowing that. That's, that's shit. Okay, I, I'd like to see you come up with a better one. I had space in there, so it was a perfect segue. Uh, so, yeah, they, they had a live stream showing off some of the like early build of it today. Uh, and, uh, we were, we were pretty excited about it. I, I didn't expect them to show off as much as they did. And they actually kind of pulled the curtain back and let us see, like, uh, the very, uh, the inside the engine, like the developers had this, this room, which I think Mike, you called it the danger room. Yeah. The danger room. Yeah. No textures, nothing. Just like a flat, like, uh, area just to test out systems because they're, they're still pretty early in development. I they're probably only a year in. So I don't think we'll see this game for maybe a couple years. Late 23, early 24. That's my guess. All the people saying 22, not happening. Get that out of your mind. Not happening. Go watch that stream. Go watch that stream. And then tell me again when you think that's going to come out. If you're still saying 22, you're dead wrong. Yeah, it's just like we're getting the new God of War this year. A lot of people were saying that shit when the when the year started. They're like, "Oh yeah, it's definitely coming this year." Sony was saying it too. Yeah, it's coming. I'm like, "It's coming." All right, well, then show the game. If it's that far along, show the damn game. No, okay. Well then, it's not coming out then. <laughs> Dude, I don't mean to interrupt, but there's there's this dog in the background going ape shit right now. I don't know what he's barking. It at. happens every week, <laughs> every episode. I edit. It's back there. It's barking. I have to clean it up. And I really want to scream at that owner because he gives me more work to do. <laughs> I have to fix this shit. Uh, but uh, yeah, anyway, you guys probably won't even hear it because Mike's a wizard at editing. But uh, anyway, yeah, so Dead Space. Um, yeah, so they, uh, let's see, they talked about a lot of things. Uh, first of all, the actor who played Isaac Clark, Gunnar Wright, is returning to voice him. That was very awkward when he showed up. Like it was, it, it was obviously planned, but the way he came in, I was like, "Oh, come on!" I agree. You could have done this so much better. I was like, "This is so 
unnatural and always i think part of what it was is since it was a live stream like the connection was fucking up here and there so like it was cutting out some of his words yeah that didn't help either but uh so anyway uh yeah so he's returning so that answers our question about that and so he is going to be fully voiced but they did uh lay out a set of rules where uh so isaac he is only going to talk when spoken to and he is also, or like if there's other areas in the game where it makes sense for him to comment on something. But other than that, if he's by himself, like he's going to be silent, which I am a fan of because that adds to the tension and isolation. I'm glad they gave him a voice, though, because that was one of the issues I had with the first game. I was like, oh, come on, like they're talking to you and you're not replying back. That's a big pet peeve of mine when the uh, the character you're playing as the main protagonist doesn't communicate with the guys in front of him because they'll just talk to you and then you have to stand there and say nothing. And then they kind of have to answer their own question or something. It's, it's just awkward. Yeah. It's like the rookie, you know? Hey rookie, how are you doing? Oh, come follow me. We have to go uh, fix this. Yeah. It's, it sucks. Yeah. I hate that trope. Uh, so, and they also said that they're going to be adding like, they're going to keep the core of the story, but the way they made it sound, it's going to have to do with, like, Nicole. Like, they're going to add more explaining, like, what happened to her and and um actually give Isaac, like, he's actually going to be, like, looking for her. I'm not yeah, really sure. I'm glad you brought that up. That is, like, the main reason why he, he went on this uh, field trip to the issue Mars. He was looking for Nicole. But when you play the game, most of the time you're just fixing shit and that connection with him and... Nicole is not there too much, but now that he has a voice, he's going to be saying shit about her, and now there's going to be more of a connection. Um, also, like they're going to have the hindsight of the other games that came after that, Dead Space 2 and 3 and the novels, and so they're going to kind of layer in some of that stuff, I assume. So they showed off a part with, with the Zero-G and it's they've definitely improved that. It's more in line with Dead Space 3 now, where you have more control over him. And they also showed there's going to be new areas, because they showed this one spot where normally you would have backtracked, but now there's like a new corridors where you can actually kind of loop back around somehow. So I'm a big fan of that. And they said also, like, there is going to be surprises that were not in the original. So even if you've played the original, you're still going to be caught off guard by a lot of stuff. I'm happy they're not doing everything the exact same way as it was done in the original game. You have to mix it up a little bit. It's like the famous scene in the beginning of the game when they first walk on the Ishimura. I can't wait for that because, you know, Isaac's going to be talking probably in that scene. And maybe they'll add a few more Marines and maybe that crazy moment will be more intense and cinematic. That's something I want to see. I want to see a few more cinematic cutscenes in the remake. I don't know how the fans feel about that, but I, I would like to see that because they did a lot of that in Dead Space 2 and 3. I think there definitely will be. Yeah, and I, I know the exact part you're talking about because we've discussed that before. You wanted them to add just a little bit more because like, that is that is a cool part. Yeah, I'm being very vague about that scene. I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, they don't give you time to think. You're just like, you get on the ship and it's just like shit goes down. I'll just leave it at that. And, um, yeah, also they kind of showed off, like, the the revamped uh, dismemberment system. Not only are you going to be able to dismember the necromorphs, they've added, like, a layer of flesh peeling. So, first you have to shoot off the flesh to expose the bones, and then you can, like, find that weak point and shoot off the, the limbs. 
And yeah, it just looks so cool, man. Like just seeing like the flesh hanging off these skeleton looking necromorphs. And I can't wait to use all the different weapons on these things. How much of the other characters do you think they're going to change? You think they're going to get new voices for them too? change their looks and more characters. Maybe, maybe, maybe there'll be a few more people on the ship that when they arrive in the Ishimura, you think they're going to do anything like that? I don't think they're going to change their looks too much. I could definitely see them recasting. Cause I, Isaac Clark's like the important one. I don't think they'll try to recast everybody. I want Keith David to be that one character. Yeah. I forget his name. I think it's Hammond. Hammond. Yeah. Yeah. Hammond. Well, the thing is, that guy's an actual actor. Like, they modeled the look of the character after that guy. Because he's in movies like Jason X, and I've seen him in other shit. So they could easily get him back. I think they should, actually. I didn't know he was that well-known. If that's the case, then yeah, get him back. I wouldn't say he's well-known, but, like, he's definitely been around. Like, to, to a certain group of people, especially horror fans, he probably has, like, a recognizable face. Oh, I think he was also in 300. Oh, I think he's actually the dude that gets This Is Sparta kicked off the fucking thing. Yeah, he is. Wow, I I did not put that together until now. Do you think the community would be fine if they got Keith David, though? <laughs> I think the community would be more than fine with that. It's fucking Keith David. Like, come on. Fucking legendary <laughs> Keith David. I just like his voice. It's so soothing. I just, I want to keep hearing it. Just keep talking. Read, like, read the ingredients of this cereal. You'll make it sound interesting. <laughs> yeah, for real. Oh, he just, uh, speaking of Keith David real quick, not to go off on a tangent, didn't like, I think it was a few weeks ago or recently, he released the video because he was, um, he was trying to, like, he was getting people's input on Twitter about, like, what are some of their favorite lines that he said from different characters. And so he took all of those lines and he recorded, like, a little short video of him just reciting all those lines. Yeah, and I think he's going to do a part two eventually, too. But, uh, yeah, so let's see. I think we pretty much said all we need to on Dead Space. I can't really think of anything else. No, there's one thing you forgot to mention. Isaac Clarke's uh, suit. Now, they did say that's not the final version, but there is some changes there. And I was reading the comments section uh, on Facebook, you know, the main page where they posted the the feed. And uh, people were liking it. I, I thought it looked great. Yeah, it looked fine. And, and I know they were stressing in the video. I was like, oh, it's not the final version. It's not the final version because they didn't want to piss anybody off. But I'm seeing a lot of positive reaction. It didn't really look that crazy different than his other one. I mean, it had more like components and obviously the upgraded graphics and lighting and stuff like that. It's, you know, his like the metal parts are more shiny, which makes it look cooler and pop. Uh, yeah, but I, I don't really. <laughs> how would anybody have a problem with this? You know how people are. Come on. If you change just one thing, sometimes I can set the internet off. And the one part of the stream I really liked is when they showed us the original version of Isaac and and a certain hallway that he was walking in, and then they showed the remake. And and it's just night and day difference. It's amazing how good the remake looks, like the lighting and the and the steam and the shadows and, and and the lights coming off of Isaac's suit. I wish we could have heard something from that scene. Maybe they're not that far along yet, but I, I, I can't wait to hear the, the music in this. And that's a whole other question. Are they going to use a lot of the same music, just remixed? Or are they going to try some new things with it? Hmm, That's a good question. I'm going to assume it's going to be just the same tracks, but with a little bit of a twist. 
Yeah, probably. Yeah, because they said they're just, they're staying as true to the original as possible and only changing things where they feel it's necessary to kind of modernize it a little bit. Sound is such an important part of those games too. And based on what the developers have said, they're taking that super serial. They seem to have a lot of passion for this project. And that's the thing I was looking for in this stream. I'm like, when when they were talking about certain things and describing it and comparing it with the original game, you could tell there's care put into what they're doing. So far, I think it's in very good hands. They know what they have to do to get this right. I really do think this current team understands that. Now, maybe when the final version comes out, it's a piece of shit and they change too much or they, they ruin this part and they ruin that part. That's always possible. But right now, I'm feeling good about it. Yeah, I agree. From everything I've read and seen, I'm feeling pretty good about it so far. Nothing has made me change my mind yet. So hopefully nothing does make me change my mind. Didn't they mention something too about they, they put together a council of uh, like fans and stuff that they're they're getting feedback from well in the beginning they said uh you know they're, they're, they're we're doing this and and because we want to hear feedback from the community and the, the other guy who's i don't know their names but the, one of them basically said like tell us what sucks <laughs> with the low voice because they need that feedback it's very weird that they're allowed to do this because Look who's publishing it. It's EA. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm so surprised that they pulled back the curtain as much as they did, especially given that it's EA. This is considered to be one of the best horror games of all time, and they understand that. So they probably went to the EA overlords <laughs> and said, hey, hey, we really got to show the, the alpha footage for this off. The community needs to see what's going on. Speaking of EA, I can't believe like how much they've turned around as a company. I mean, yeah, they still do shitty things with their sports games, like Ultimate Team and all that stuff. But Madden's a lost cause you know, that that community doesn't mind having their wallets raped. But but to, oh, and an important thing too, we forgot to mention is there's there's going to be no microtransactions. They stress that, so I'm loving that because that's part of what ruined Dead Space Three for people. Yeah. So, but yeah, just the fact that like EA is, they've really changed going from, you know, just a company that was just like saying, oh, single player games are dead and just all about the microtransactions. And they were voted like the worst company in America, like years after year. And, and now they're just like, you know, we get Jedi Fallen Order. We get this Dead Space remake, the EA originals. You have to thank Respawn for this change. I really do think they put a lot of pressure on EA. And of course the community too. I'm not I'm not leaving the community out, you know, all the, the pressure they got from Battlefront and the other projects they worked on. It's nice to see that they're going in this direction now. Now they're still doing shady shit with the microtransactions and like Madden and games like that. But I think EA finally realized, hey, we can do both. We can go after the whales that will pay a shit ton of money with microtransactions. And we can also put out these single player games that uh, a certain crowd wants. And that's the best we're probably going to get because they're not going to completely avoid microtransactions. That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen with any video game publisher. They're all going to do it. I also think that whole debacle with Battlefront 2 really, really scared them. Who owns Disney right now? Who owns Disney? I don't know who owns it. I mean, I would assume the family, like Walt Disney's family. I'm sorry, I should say who runs it. 
Yeah, well, it was Bob Iger for a long time, but now Bob Chapik just recently took over. Okay, so when Battlefront 2 came out, that guy called up EA and basically said, cut the shit out. Like, stop it. Yeah, Bob Iger was the guy, I believe. They were getting so much bad press that they had to get that phone call. <laughs> You're putting a bad image on Star Wars right now. Fix it. They must have been so embarrassed. Whoever had to answer that phone call must have been so embarrassed on the other end. The guy at EA. Well, that's the quickest way to get a company to change is fuck with their money. Um, like, yep. I think we're seeing with Activision right now, which is kind of funny because that's like the other big publisher other than EA, where it's like they were both looked at as just horrendous and EA's kind of changed a little bit for the better. And Activision has actually just gotten worse uh, under Bobby Kotick's uh, leadership. You know, they're going through this whole thing about um, just the terrible work environment and stuff. But you've actually started to see their stock prices drop. So yeah. when you start to see that shit, that's when shareholders and executives start to go, okay, uh, maybe we should uh, take another look at this and actually implement some change here. I don't know how true this is because I didn't fact check it. But apparently some ads for the new Call of Duty is not showing the Activision logo. Yep, that's true. That is true? Okay. All right. Oh, okay. Well, it's not bullshit. Yeah, that's that's when you know you've struck a chord with them. Now, consumers tend to have short memories, so will they eventually just like forget about all this? And it probably, but hopefully not. It's going to be a while. Yeah. They're, they're Activision is just trying to like lay low right now, which is probably smart. EA's happy. Oh, yeah. They're not the number one piece of shit publisher anymore. I mean, if they they keep up at this rate, they're only going up because, I mean, Ubisoft is going down, in my opinion, as well. They're having a lot of workplace issues and the quality of their games aren't as great as they were, I don't think. So that's really hurting them. We are in a very dark place with Ubisoft. Come on, Mike. Don't you want to play their uh, live service Assassin's Creed universe no. thing? No. No? No, no, no. Uh. I'm just like kind of heartbroken with Ubisoft because they put out so many great games consecutively for so many years that people loved. And now they're just going down a dark path I cannot follow. Sorry to bring Revenge of the Sith into this. <laughs> you know, it's I'll always accept bringing in a Star Wars prequel reference. It's, it's so depressing. Yeah, it is. They've fallen so far and you can see it. People are like, oh, no, 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 they're still doing good. They're still doing good. Yeah, I, you know, Assassin's Creed Valhalla was a good game, but all these other games that surrounds it right now is just not good. I'm worried. I'm just, I'm very worried. I mean, I'm kind of worried about the, the state of the industry as a whole. I think it's, for the most part, still in a great position as far as the quality of the games overall. But I keep saying like how this bubble is eventually going to burst because the, 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 the cost of making games is just rising. and you know, we talked about uh, publishers like Sony, like they, they are just like putting all their eggs in the, the AAA basket. And I'm just like, man, I don't know if that's sustainable long term. My counter argument to this is just make the game shorter. You'd be surprised how much money you're going to save. If, if, you know, instead of a 20 hour game, let's make 11, 12 hour game. I would love that, man, because games are so bloated these days. I, I really like open world games, but the older I get and the, the more the market is just saturated with them, I'm really getting tired of them, and I find myself choosing more linear games. Yeah, with Assassin's Creed Valhalla, you know, that's an open world game. Everybody knows that. That took me 60 hours to beat that shit. 
60 hours. And that's probably on the quick side. That is on the quick side, because if you wanted to do everything in the game, it's going to take you around 130 hours. I mean, that's great if you don't buy many games, and then the games you do buy, you want to get your money's worth. That's fantastic. You know, and then I 100% recommend Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Like, that's your game then. You're going to get a lot of value there. With me and you, Jacques, we want to play a lot of games. So when you give us like a 60, 70, 80 hour game, I'm like, Ugh, Yeah, it's God. such a commitment, man. Well, I'm going to be playing this for the next three, four weeks. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to spend that much time on one game unless it's like fucking just one of the best games I've ever played. Like, I didn't mind spending that much time on The Witcher 3 or something like that. But yeah, dude, I just, I just people don't have that time, I guess, these days. Jacques, how many open world games do you play a year? Oh, God. I I was thinking about that a few days ago, and um, I think I only play, like, maybe two or three. Well, I've brought, you know, that GG app that, I don't know if you use it, but I use it regularly no. to catalog all my games. So, like, so far this year, I've got, like, 36 games played, and I'm looking at, I'm going through the ones I've beaten, and I'm trying to look, say, which one are open world, and... Man... I gotta say, it's, I'm still scrolling. None? I guess Spider-Man Miles Morales? That might be the only, like, legit open world one that I've played. Yeah, like, none of these other ones are open world. Yeah. Jacques, if you want a short open world game, play um, Sunset Overdrive. Very short. Like, you could beat that game in, like, 10 to 12 hours. I've heard that from a lot of people. I think it's I'll probably eventually get to it. I don't know, for some reason, it just didn't draw me in. But, like, just so many people are like, dude, is you, it's awesome that I think I have to eventually play it. I enjoyed it, but I don't think it's awesome. I don't think it's, like, this master class of a game that some people say it is. And if you want to play, like, an open-world game, but you don't want to put a massive amount of time into it, then I recommend that. You're quicking it out. You know, It's not going to take up too much of your time. And it's a precursor to Spider-Man, like a lot of the systems they use for traversal and stuff that led to the great web slinging that you see in the Spider-Man games. Have you played ReCore, Jacques? No, I haven't played ReCore. I, I remember you mentioning it to me. I really like that game. And then I got to the end of the game. <laughs> and it's it has one of those uh, sections where it's like, oh... Sorry, you got to go collect a bunch of shit and then come back and then we'll, you know, we'll let you come in and then you can finish the game. When I got to that part, I was like, nope, I'm done because it's very grindy. The shit you have to do at the end. I'm, I'm not going to tell you what it is. That's a Microsoft exclusive though, right? Yeah, that's a Microsoft exclusive game. I do think it's uh, sort of underrated. But like I was saying with that ending, it's ugh, it ruined it. it. It really ruined the game for me when I got to the end. But it is cool. I like the character. I like the, the little robots and shit that, she, that follows her around and all that. You know. I, I think it's worth checking out. I'll, uh, I'll put it on my backlog, <laughs> which is, you know, we already talked about that a few weeks ago. But so maybe I'll get to it in the next like five years. Uh, hey, Mike, did you uh, did you happen to see those Resident Evil picks that came out for the, the film, the new film that's coming out? I saw one, and everybody was complaining about it. They're like, that's not Leon. It doesn't look like him. It looks like Carlos. Is that is that his name? Yeah, from Resident Evil 3. Yep. Yeah, I'm kind of like, so I don't like, I'm, I don't really care if you gender bend or race bend. I, that doesn't bother me at all. 
Um, I didn't more care more about like just capturing the 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 personality of the characters. They could have at least like made his hair blonde and shortened it a little bit. Could they at least try to make it look like Leon just a little bit? Just a little bit? It just looks like a drastically different character. I would no, it does. Yeah, like I will say that like I am a fan typically of like sticking as true as possible to the characters. And it, it has nothing to do with, like, you know, whatever, you know, people complain about online with identity bullshit. It's more just like, well, this is how I know the character. Like, this, you know what I mean? You want to see. Right. It's hard to connect with the character being the same as, you know, if it's it looks completely different. But at the end of the day, I'll judge him based on the performance. But, yeah, so to me, though, just up and above that, they it just looked, it looked like cosplay. <laughs> like like decent like average cosplay too not even like amazing cosplay (laughs) no no you're right yeah it definitely does look like that yeah like they also had uh uh, chris redfield in there which is play gonna be played by uh what is it robbie amell stephen amell's brother green arrow Hmm. so he looks fine because it's just you know chris redfield's like generic white dude so with muscles It's, it's like whatever um jill valentine she she they they race bent her a little bit but i don't really care because i like that actress i think her name is like hannah john Kamen or Kamen john something like that but she's been in uh she was ghost and ant-man and the wasp and she was also in this black mirror episode called playtest which ironically enough was about vr this vr video game Really great episode. I highly suggest that you go watch that and all of black mirror because that's a fucking amazing show can't wait till it comes back. Yeah, so I think she'll she'll nail the part. Dude, she has some guns on her from that picture, and I'm not talking about the ones in her hands. So, yeah, Jill's a badass, so I think she'll nail that. Claire looked like Claire. I'm not sure who the other dude in the pick was. Some people were saying it was Wesker. I, I don't know if that's true or not. It could be another character. But yeah, Le- Leon was like the big one where I'm just like, ah, that, I mean, I don't know. Too different for me. Yeah, maybe a little too different, but I'll give the actor the benefit of the doubt. It's not like Leon is like this fucking complex character either. He's he's just like some naive like rookie cop who's just like every 10 minutes like, I can't believe this is happening. Is this real? Even though he's just killed like 50 zombies. It's like, Leon, Jesus Christ, you're, you're so thick. Just I, It's got to take out another hundred to really feel the uh gravity of the situation <laughs> yeah i i kind of like leon's okay i kind of liked claire better but like whatever I'll, I'll give it a chance i think is it is it coming out in theaters do you know i haven't really been following it I, it's probably going to be a netflix thing because i know they're doing like a separate netflix tv series which i think is going to focus more on the wesker kids but i think they've changed it that's the one that people are really angry about because they like totally, uh, Lance Reddick is Wesker. Great actor. Yeah, they race bent him. And in that case, I'm like, dude, I don't care at all because Lance Reddick is fucking awesome. As long as he wears sunglasses at some point. If they say, nah, no shades, that's really going to piss people off even more. Yeah, that's iconic. And then like the whole like black like trench coat and uh, he can't really have the slick back hair because Lance Reddick is bald, but... I don't really care as long as he kind of nails that that like over the top evilness. But I guess in that one he's going to have two daughters cuz I think in the the canon of the video games he had a, a son who was in Resident Evil 6, right? Yes. 
Jake Wesker. Yeah, Jake Wesker. So, but we'll we'll see. I mean, these can't possibly be as bad as the Paul W. S. Anderson Resident Evil movies. Because, like, I, I, I watched those again, like, maybe within the last year or so. And um, it's like, yeah, they, they definitely got the look of the characters pretty accurate. But holy shit, dude, the fucking, the rest of it is just a train wreck. And I'll never forgive them for just fucking up Jill Valentine, man. They basically gave uh, Mila Jovovich, who's the, his wife, the director, they just gave her, like, all of Claire's story and shit. And I'm just like, eh. And then when they tried to introduce Jill, did I say Claire? I meant Jill. They gave Jill's story. And then when they tried to introduce Jill into the movies, it was like, she just didn't make any sense anymore in it. So, yeah, whatever. So, anyway, um, speaking of Resident Evil... um. I have played The Evil Within. Well, I'm still playing it right now. I'm like halfway oh. through. Long game. Yeah, it's it's fairly long. I think it's like 15 chapters. I'm like in seven. So, because yeah, I was saying it's uh, related to Resident Evil because Shinji Mikami directed both. Like he created Resident Evil and mm-hmm. he's directing The Evil Within. So, um, and it totally feels a lot like resonate evil like how it plays and stuff you can see the dna in there and um but it also feels like a little bit of a mishmash with uh silent hill a little bit too because like i would say it's more linear than resonate evil which i'm totally fine with because we were just talking about how we're getting tired of bigger games not that resonate evil was ever open world or anything but oh no please don't give them ideas (laughs) next resident evil is gonna be open world no (laughs) No. Don't do it. Resist. I think that uh, they probably will eventually get there when they like reboot the series again. Or maybe 10 years from now. Who knows what the trend will be at that time. But uh, yeah, no. So I, I realized like last time we talked about The Evil Within, it was during a test episode. So none of the current audience heard those. So it's perfect that I'm able to talk about it because I'm just coming back to it after a five month break. Yeah, you bailed out. I did. I fucking rage quit (laughs) because I looked back at my last trophy and it was in March. And the reason I quit is because it was chapter three and there was this one like chainsaw dude. And at that point, I just kept dying over and over because I was trying to run from him and there was all these other zombies too. And I kept getting caught because... Your character, Sebastian, has the cardio of, like, a fucking 80-year-old fucking chain smoker who's on oxygen. I don't know. Like, it's ridiculous. He gets tired so quick. How he's a cop, I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing. He's, he's, he's a cop. And he's, yeah. And he looks like he's in decent shape, too. So I just, I don't get it. But I remember you telling me. So I, I did this over and over and I kept getting killed and I was just like you know what I got so pissed off I just like rage quit and I was like oh I'll come back to this another time uh so five months later <laughs> cut to now and I'm jumping back into it and I'm actually liking it a lot more since I gave it a chance oh nice because you were right and you did tell me back then like dude you get to upgrade your stamina and it gets a lot better yeah, yeah I was trying to stress that to you you're like nope nope <laughs> you're like I'm done I don't I don't blame you though. It is very frustrating in the beginning. Like you are ridiculously slow. You get winded faster than Alan Wake. Yeah, you run like 3 steps and you're tired. And you're supposed to be a cop. Alan Wake's a rider. 
Yeah, so I've, I, that was like the first thing I put my upgrade points into. I'm like almost completely upgraded on stamina because I was like, that is the number one thing. Because now it's not even an issue. Like I never run out of stamina and like it, it recharges so quick by the time I, I need to recharge. I'm like so far away from the enemies. So I like I said, this game's more linear than like say Resident Evils and I'm I'm digging that. I like the atmosphere. Um the the story's very wild. I'm still trying to figure out what's going on there. I have some theories, but I won't talk about them because I don't wanna I mean, you've already played it, so you you, mm-hmm. you can't say yeah. shit, even if I was right, and I don't want to... No, I can't say anything. I don't want to spoil it. I do think the story has pacing issues, and that probably has to do with it being a little too long. I think it could have been a little bit shorter, but at the end of the day, I really had a good time with it, and I haven't started Evil Within 2 yet. It's in my backlog. But anyway, yeah, shock, continue. No, the Evil Within 2 is on my backlog as well. I might even jump into that right after this. I, I don't want to alarm you, Mike, but from what I know about the Evil Within 2, it is a little more open. I don't know if it's quite open world. That's fine. I don't mind it being a little open. That's fine. It has like this hub area, like a... <laughs> oh, no. See, now that... See, I hate hub sections in games. They did that in Doom Eternal. Wasn't a fan of it. They have that in Aliens Fire Team. Eh. I'm just getting tired of it. Although I hear later in the game, it does get more linear. Okay, well, that's good. But uh, yeah, no, uh, this one's cool. Uh, it's kind of funny because just last night uh, when I stopped playing for the night, I had another like rage quit moment. <laughs> and this one was kind of even more like heartbreaking because so, you know, that one boss character, the safe head guy. Oh, he's a pain in the ass. He's sort of like a, a butcher looking big butcher character. He's got like a literally like a safe with barbed wire wrapped around it as a head. So, yeah, there's the first part where I encounter him and he's like, you know, you're ch- he's chasing me around. And I think I'm to the end because you have to do all these other tasks, like turn valves while you're uh, fighting him. And uh, mm-hmm. this area is very disorienting. And uh, so I think I finally get him to like where I'm, I'm about to be done with this area. It's like I have a few more shots on him to kill him. Right. But I have like no ammo. So he lays these little like traps down where if you, you step in it, it ensnares you with barbed wire. But you can disarm them if you you go up to them and disarm them, and it gives you parts to where you can craft uh, like arrows or whatever. So I, I have to do that because I'm out of resources. So I, I do that, and I make an explosive arrow on the fly. So I'm like, all right, motherfucker, like charge, come at me. So I shoot him with the explosive arrow, and mind you, I have like almost no health left. So it sticks into him, and it takes a few seconds for it to explode. Once it sticks into him, this motherfucker runs directly at me and it blows up and kills me. And I was just like, okay, I'm done for the night. Cause like it starts you all the way back at this, the beginning of the section. It's like a whole thing. So I was like, okay, yeah, I'm not doing that tonight. I'll come back to it. So there's a little, and I was like, I hate this game. You, you ever do that? Like you don't actually hate the game, but you're just, something happens. You're just like, I hate this fucking game. Yeah. Uh, it happened. <laughs> recently with aliens fire team i I didn't i wouldn't say hate but i got to the very end of of one of the missions and it it was like a 30 minute run and i got a cheap def i'm like "Mm, like i don't want to throw the dual sense but i'm thinking about it so like was it your fault or was it the game's fault it was just an overwhelming force of xenomorphs like absolutely ridiculous but but i'll get into that shortly why don't you just go ahead and go right into uh aliens go ahead and talk about it all right well 
I beat the campaign, if you want to call it that. Well, all the campaigns. They have individual campaigns with three missions each. But I finished them all. Uh, Yeah, the ending is ridiculous, how many enemies they throw at you. I was playing it with two AIs. Maybe it's a little bit better with two people. I'm with two human players with you. But they were sending Praetorians, drones, and the regular Xenos that come after Mm -hmm. you, the commons. It was just insane how many they were throwing at you. I got to the very end of that, and then I died. And I was like a 30-minute run just tossed away. Now... I'm sorry to have to tell you this, guys, but you don't use the power loader in this at all. Oh, There's no. not a part in the campaign where you use the power loader, and that almost made me want to scream. It's like making a Back to the Future game and you don't drive the DeLorean. Mike, when I played that little bit in share play with you, and it's in that little hub area, and you see the power lo- loader behind the glass, I walked right up to it, right? And I was like, if you don't use this, that is a fucking miss. Why would they fucking tease you and show it, and then you don't even use it? That's another thing about Colonial Marines. You get to use the power loader. It sucks, but you get to use it a couple times. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. Like, it seems like a lot of people are enjoying this game, but the more I'm hearing about it and stuff, it's like, and especially with you saying like, oh, this in Colonial Marines, this, they did this better and this better. I'm just like, man, that's not speaking very highly of this game. You do get to see the face huggers in the final campaign. They're cool with the eggs. There's some like heavy egg sections, which is awesome. But yeah, uh, I don't know. I had a fun time with this game. But oh, one more more quick thing. The queen is in it. Sorry to spoil that. Well, that's good. But you only see her briefly. She's chasing you around when you're escaping to the elevator. She kind of follows you a little bit, and then that's it. You probably see her for maybe 15 seconds. You could probably see her more, but I was just booking it to the elevator. I had two minutes to get there. I wasn't trying to sightsee. They should just call this aliens cock tease. Now, I have to bring this up because I didn't talk about it last week. Now, I thought it was just me at first. I didn't check any comment sections. I didn't talk to any of my other friends about it. So I just left it alone. But Jacques, I don't like the music in this game. Oh, really? Because it, it's done by uh, Austin Wintery. Yeah, I know who did it, too. That's what's very depressing. I, I like that guy. Like he's, he's great. He's on a podcast I listen to. Um, the music's not bad. The music itself is not bad. But it just doesn't feel like it's from aliens there's one or two tracks where it kind of feels like it and it's fine but the rest of the tracks it feels like it's something else and uh now this next thing is definitely the the developer's fault Uh, sometimes they use certain tracks that just don't go with what's going on in the gameplay like you'll be tons of xenomorphs coming at you and then the 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 the, uh, the characters are talking and screaming shit and and then the music would be like (laughs) <laughs> there's a track like that i'm like this doesn't even match what's going on right now it's like, like elevator music when you're getting attacked right like i said i thought it was just me but then a couple nights ago indy messages me late at night he's like bro i gotta turn this music off like i just i don't like it i had to go on spotify and just play the alien soundtrack and he told me to play like this track this track and that track and i did that turned the music off played those four tracks and it sounds incredible with the game it makes the game even better in some ways. And that wasn't just indie. George said the same thing. Jason doesn't like it. And then my f- uh, friend Jim, we don't see eye to eye with a lot of things when it comes to the Aliens franchise and the Star Wars franchise. But even he said, he's like, no, this music's not good. Like, it, it's, it's, it's not that it's not good. It's just it doesn't go with the Aliens theme at all. And then I started to, like, dig through the comments. And I'm see- starting to see more of that. People are like, I turned it off. 
it's a shame because I really like the guy who does the music. I get what you're saying because I kind of listened to a little bit of it and I kind of agree. Um, there was actually this video I stumbled across on YouTube. It's actually Austin Wintery's YouTube channel. And he had this like, I don't know, 20, 30 minute thing of his process of coming up with the the music for the game. And even if you don't like the music, I thought it was really cool. And I suggest checking it out, especially if you're just a fan of music and stuff like I am. And Right. But yeah, I was listening to it. And I was like, yeah, this this is cool, but it doesn't sound like aliens necessarily. And he even talked about like how difficult it was to live up to because like the original Alien was scored by Jerry Goldsmith, who's like fucking one of the most legendary composers. And I think the Alien soundtrack was like James Horner. So, yeah, both those guys are like, you know, how do you live up to that? So I I, I feel like his plight, like that's got to be a very difficult job. It's good music, yeah, it just doesn't necessarily hit on that that alien's tone. Here's something that bothers me. This game is published by 20th Century Studios. Or 20th Century Fox. Frick the studios. <laughs> I'm going to still call it 20th Century Fox. Yeah, it's published by them. So they can get the aliens music if they want. That's true. I'm not against them making new tracks, but you'd think they would have uh, paid more attention to that. Like, you're making a... Aliens game, the music is just as important, especially in some of those like uh, moments in the game where all the Xenos are coming after you. Like, like, like I was just saying before, it was like, do, 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 do. like that doesn't like what is this? You just grab five tracks from the, the the Aliens movie and you're good to go. And just add a few other ones in there, some new ones. I don't think he studied the music well. I mean, I, I think of games like Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic too. It's got some new tracks in there, and it sounds like Star Wars. There is some new tracks in there, like the the Sith Lords theme. It's fantastic. The people who did that, they they understood what they were getting into. Like, okay, we know what this is supposed to sound like. But I, I just don't feel like that was achieved with the Aliens Fire team. So is there any original soundtrack in the game? No. None at all? It's all new music? None at all, which is weird. That is puzzling. Like, why would you do that? I don't know. I gotta ask 20th Century about that. I don't know. Maybe I'll DM like I did with the Cold Iron Studios who made this. Oh, they're game. not gonna reply to that. I'll just keep. I'll just keep bothering them. Like, yeah. So, uh, you know, last time when I asked you why did you add the elite to the title, um, now I'm asking why. Uh, why didn't you just use the original soundtrack? <laughs> they're like they're gonna like report me. Like you know, this guy keeps uh, spamming us. Uh, might want to look into that Twitter. And the and the previous question you asked about the you know well, well I kind of pushed you to ask them you know with the whole elite thing in the title like why you show me that ad recently on on xbox right it, it, they didn't show the elite yeah i was just gonna bring that up yeah there was like an ad on the dashboard of the xbox and it's it just says aliens fire team i'm like well which one is it like make up your minds i find all this fascinating like i want to know i really need to know <laughs> yeah i don't know man Listeners are probably like, why are they fucking hung up on this fucking name? Who cares? Just fucking move on. <laughs> because it ruins it. Aliens Fire Team by itself sounds great. Why do you shove Elite in there? I don't know. I'll, I'll never let that go. I'll never let that go. All right. So uh, what other games have you been playing, Mike? Uh, there's a few other ones. I'll just briefly mention I beat Splinter Cell. Oh, nice. I have no new thoughts about it. Go listen to episode 16. You'll hear my uh, thoughts about the original Splinter Cell game. I forgot to mention that. It's the original one from 2002. 
Uh, other than that, I've played 12 minutes. Oof, this is a divisive game online, man. Holy shit. I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Uh, Very mixed, leaning towards negative. Oh, really? I, I would say that's probably the overwhelming consensus is negative online. I'm not going to go into the story, but I'll just say this. It's like Groundhog Day, except it's 12 minutes instead of 24 hours. You're stuck in this time loop, and there's this uh, stranger that knocks on the door after the eight-minute mark, and he's Willem Dafoe, and he you know, he says he's a cop, and he's trying to you know break into your home. Well, not break into your home, but he he's there for a reason, which I won't go, go into. The wife is played by Daisy Ridley, which, by the way, she really changed her voice. I didn't recognize her. Now, I'm not basing it off of her Ray character. Like, I'm basing off which which she actually sounds like. Like, she really changed her voice. Does she put on an American accent? Yes. I assume the same with James McAvoy. He puts on an American yeah, accent. Yeah, a little bit. Okay. Yeah, a little bit. He plays the husband. Now, the voice acting in this is a hit or miss. There's times it sounds great, and there's other times it falls flat on his ass. That has to do with the dialogue. The controls in this game suck. I'm just going to say that right now. It's a point-and-click game. Now, for all you point-and-click listeners out there, I just want to say this. I've never liked point-and-click games. Now, I've liked the stories in the point-and-click games, but as when it comes down to the mechanics, hate it. So take everything I say right now with a grain of salt. I, I just, I absolutely hated it. I wish I had more control over the guy instead of just point here, he moves there, point there, he moves here. And then sometimes grabbing an object like on a table or a counter and then dragging it and highlighting it on something else. Sometimes it doesn't register and it's very frustrating. The story itself, I can't get into it, but I found it interesting and it kept me playing the game because if the story sucked, I would have been like, I'm done, I'm out. The ending is, well, there's seven endings in the game. With three of the endings, the time still loops. So it's technically like not a final ending. I think the other four endings, you do end the time loop. Or maybe there's just three endings that end the time loop. I got one of those endings. Now, if you get one of the endings that actually finishes the game, you have to restart the game from the beginning. So that means you're going to have to do all the repetitive shit over again to get back to where you were before. Jock, you do a lot of the same shit over and over and over. And I understand that's part of the story. It's a time loop and all of that. But it gets annoying. I'm like, oh, I got to fill this cup up again. I got to do this. And I got to do that. And I got now, it does get easier as the loops continue. There's certain things that you won't have to do again, or a certain option will pop up in the dialogue where you can bypass certain things. Thank God for that. But you're still going to have to do a lot of the same shit over and over. And how you achieve some of these endings is ridiculous. I actually had to look up two of them. I'm just like, I don't know how to do this. Like, what does it want me to do? I'm not going to describe it. I'm not going to tell you what to do, because I know some of you don't want to hear that. Yeah, at the end of the day, I, I, you know what, Jack? I want you to play this game. Oh, I definitely will. It's on my backlog. I don't know when I'll get to it. It's a two to four hour game, so you know, knock it out. Just knock based, it out. So. Based on everything I've heard, I really don't think I'm going to like this game, but I will give it a try. There's moments it's cool where I'm like, oh, that's that's pretty damn cool. I like where they're going with this, and then there's eh, other moments where it's not so great. Some of the endings are just blah. Now, there is a story buried under all these endings that kind of flow through each other. So you really have to see all of them. Oh, God. There are certain things you find out later on. And it's like it's trying to like oh, shock you and all. But I'm just like, that's what it was. Okay, whatever. 
some of the things I heard about the ending was like, it just, it seemed like it was a leap in logic. Like, how the fuck is this happening? There's a lot of theories. A lot of theories on Reddit. It's one of those games where everybody's going to have a different opinion. This game's on Game Pass, so I recommend everybody checking it out. There's no risk if you have the service. Mess around with it for an hour or two. See how you feel. Now, I can understand why some people looked up some of the shit in this game, because it's just like, really? I had to do this to do that to trigger this to trigger that? I'm just like, ugh. You really have to think outside the box sometimes with the game. Yeah, it seems like a game that's sort of like one of those art house films, where it's, you know, you're either going to love it or hate it, and it's it's definitely not for everybody. But like you said, since it's on Game Pass, if you have Game Pass, I mean, why not try it? It's it's very it's a very short game, and you could just bounce early if you don't like it. Jacques, it's possible you might like this story. Okay. Uh, yes, I'm very curious to hear your thoughts. So please play that uh, soon. Like I said, it's not long. You can literally knock it out in two to four hours if you know what you're doing. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably try to get to it at some point this year. I can't really go into it anymore. After Jacques beats the game, then we can jump into it, because there's some shit I want to talk about. <laughs> we'll do our 12-minute spoiler cast. <laughs> we'll do it in 12 minutes. Yeah, I was going to say, we'll make it exactly 12 minutes, even if we're not done with it. We'll loop it again, and then we'll have to say that everything exactly the same way, which is minor tweaks. That'll be the whole podcast. It'll be like some kind of Inception, like, meta spoiler cast. That that sounds like both, like a good idea and just a horrible idea for listeners. But yeah, there's only one other game I played and it's Last Stop. It's like a Telltale game. Uh, I can't talk about the story at all because it's very heavy on the story. But I will say this, I enjoyed it. It's got a lot of paranormal shit in it Ooh. and some sci-fi elements as well. It's broken up into multiple different chapters and you can choose who you want to play as first in each chapter so you can like bounce around. Yeah, the story is very unique. I do think this game is a little underrated. I saw it had a 70 on Metacritic. I think that's a little too low. What kind of game is it? It's like a Telltale game if you've played any of those. Uh, you know, you walk around, you talk to people. There's some minor gameplay sections. Not too much, but it's mostly just a walk and talk game. I call them walk and talk Walkie games. Walkie talkies. Walk and talk game. <laughs> Walkie-talkies, yeah. It does have some interesting camera angles. Uh, those uh, very heavy cinematic ones where, like, the camera's really far away, kind of like in the old God of Wars, and you're, like, walking up to something, and the camera keeps, like, zooming out, like, shit like that. It does have a, some interesting camera angles here and there. It, it doesn't feel bad. I don't know if you like that in games, Jacques. I mean, I don't... If it's done right, uh, I'm fine with it. Now, is there is it cho is there choices in the game that actually affect the story? Yeah, yeah. Multiple choices. Okay, cool. uh, it gives you that illusion where it feels like you're affecting the story, but there's a certain path it wants you to take. The choices don't really matter until the very, very end. Okay, gotcha. It only takes six hours to beat the game, so it's another short one. So you can beat this in 12 minutes in eight to 10 hours. Not a huge time commitment. And and the last stop, this game is also on Game Pass, right? That is correct, yep. We, we should just, like, rename our show to, like, the, the Xbox Game Pass gamers. And, uh, and occasionally uh, Sony exclusives. <laughs> we'll just add that little addendum. <laughs> uh, but that's it. Oh, no, there's one more game. 
I played Peggle 2. Oh, shit. On my um, tablet, because you can stream it on there. Oh, really? The uh, streaming service. I don't know if it's called xCloud anymore. It's just Xbox Cloud Gaming, I think is the official name. Okay. I just call it xCloud because it's easier. But yeah, I played a little of that, and it played great. That's like a perfect game for that, too. Yeah, you just aim and fire and then let the game play itself, really. Yeah, it's just, it's essentially like Plinko. Isn't that that game that was on uh, uh, The Price is Right? It's similar to that, yeah. Yeah, it's it's similar. Yeah, well, dude, we, we used to have so much fun with the original Peggle back in the day on 360. The superior one. Yeah, oh, for sure. Peggle 2 is fine, but yeah, the first one was way better. You know what really sucks, Jacques? That they took the hamster character from one and they stuck him into, but you have to buy him for a dollar ninety nine. <laughs> okay. You know the multi ball one, you know where he drops all the yeah, balls. Yeah, the multi ball. Yeah. Like I hate when they do that, man. When they take content out of like something that was in the first game, and they remove it and make you pay for it in the second game. They got rid of the the rabbit and the magic hat. They got rid oh. of the pumpkin. Dude, the spooky ball. Ugh. They kept the freaking unicorn. I understand why he's there, because he's like the mascot for the game. I, I'm not sure if the owl's in this. Was was he in Peckle 2? I, I don't think so. Oh, I don't remember. What was his ability? It was that Zen shot where you can That's like, right. get the crazy multiplier. Yeah, I don't know, because I have Peckle 2 on my Xbox, I believe, but I haven't played it in forever. It's still fun, but it's just not Peckle 1. Peckle 1 is just great. In every way. Even has that, like, epic music. Two has it has its own epic music, but it's not as good. Yeah, it's like an actual, like, I forget the name of it. It's like something like a symphony. Uh, it's an old classical. Yeah. Copyright strike. Okay, I'll stop now. <laughs> we had so many fun nights with that game. Does PopCap Games even still exist? Yeah, they put out mobile games. The last Peggle game that came out was mobile only. I think it was called Peggle Extreme. It sounds right. I didn't even know that was a thing. It's fine, but you know the microtransactions ruins it, just like Plants vs. Zombies 2. Oh my god, yeah. Don't even get me started. I, re- I wish they would make like a proper Peggle 3. No microtransactions, obviously. Put all the characters from both games in it. Maybe, like, add some new characters. Make some awesome levels. Put it on consoles. EA owns PopCap. We were just talking about, you know, EA turning over a new leaf. Maybe they'll give us Peggle 3 and a proper Plants vs. Zombies game on the consoles. Come on, EA. Don't join the dark side. <laughs> they could go back to the dark side. It's possible. But they're, they're, they're great Jedi right now. Which is all we can ask for <laughs> at this point. Yeah, really. I mean, I am happy. Like, we are getting a lot of good shit from EA. We're, we're getting the Jedi Fallen Order sequel and Dead Space remake, obviously. I'm pretty happy with EA. I mean, even, like, I don't play Battlefield or anything like that, but that new Battlefield looks pretty cool. Yeah, I just wish it had a campaign. Feels like something's missing. I'm not going to buy Battlefield when it comes out, but if they put it on Game Pass... I'll download that shit. Which is a rumor. Like, yeah, I think you should definitely wait and see, because I could see them maybe, like, a few weeks out from it releasing, being like, oh, yeah, and by the way, we struck a deal with Microsoft. Because I could see that happening, because COD, like Activision, has kind of attached themselves to PlayStation over the last few years. So I could see 
Microsoft being like, okay, well, we're going to get together. We already have a relationship with EA because, you know, if you have Game Pass Ultimate, EA Play is included in that. So why not, like, strike a partnership? I mean, it seems like a brilliant idea to me, especially since it's like Battlefield, what is it called, 20... 47 or 2042 Blade Runner. I don't, yeah, 2077. Oh, that's cyberpunk. No, 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 no. Let's not talk about cyberpunk. No, no. Although I did see, like, I read something today. Uh, CD Projekt Red hired these, these modders. They were doing, like, cyberpunk mods and they actually hired them to work at the, the company now. Yeah, they need help. Yeah, for like, well, yeah, they need a lot of help. <laughs> I think they're mainly going to be doing like uh, uncovering bugs and they're also going to help with like modding. So I don't know if like they plan on doing stuff with the modding community when they eventually get their fucking game fully fixed. Do you think the PS5 and Series X versions coming out this year? You think that's still on track or is it going to get pushed back again? No, I think it's going to get pushed back to next year because I think they're probably focusing more on that whole like Netflix Witcher update for uh, The Witcher 3. The second season of The Witcher Netflix show is coming out like towards the end of this year, I think December. So I think they're going to try to get that out by that time. And I also saw too, like they released some update for Cyberpunk and it was like, it was just a bunch of like uh, cosmetic shit and stuff. And I'm just thinking like, what the fuck are you guys doing, dude? You don't even have the fucking proper PS5 Series X version out yet, and you're worrying about this bullshit? And not to mention the broken PS4 and base Xbox One version. It's still broken. It's not as bad, but it's still broken. That's done. That's never getting fixed. I don't even know if it's possible to get it running completely fine without blowing up your system. We're, you know, we're talking, everyone's been talking about like the new PS5 heatsink. I wanted to bring that up. I'm glad you did. Because <laughs> like, so I just saw something with Digital Foundry where they said that actually that's not true. Like that's blown out of proportion where the new heat heatsink is worse. And now it is smaller, but that doesn't mean that it's worse. Because I think like the, the, how this came about is somebody else measured it, but they were measuring like the thermal heat coming off the exhaust. The yeah. digital foundry was like that is not a proper way to measure like how well the heatsink is working. So mm. it, I, I don't know all the technical aspects of it because I'm not a fucking nerd like that. Uh, no offense to tech nerds, I'm just saying. It's still cooler though. At the end of the day, I mean the ba- the original model is still cooler than the uh, revision, which is very strange because it's usually not that way. I mean the revisions actually get cooler over time and the older models were the ones that were beastie and that were hot and warm it's kind of strange that it went the other way this time i'm hearing a lot of mixed things from people some other tech guys who actually like open up the systems and do that for a living and they're saying that depending on where you have this thing located it could maybe shorten the life of the console but we don't know the only way we're going to find out is is like two three four years from now right so it's just too soon to tell but yeah at the end of the day it's just wise to have the ps5 in a well-ventilated area yeah i think if you can afford a ps5 you're probably going to want to just invest in a good entertainment setup or like something that is well ventilated like mike was saying it's definitely worth it to, to prolong the lifespan so there was this thing going around uh, like last few days about uh, 
a couple executives from Microsoft, uh, well, Pete Hines, who's a part of Bethesda, and then Aaron Greenberg, who's a part of Microsoft, um, they both said that uh, Starfield is going to be exclusive to the Xbox. And everyone was like coming out and saying, like going back and forth, like, see, see. And because what it was is Pete Hines kind of made, I guess people just misinterpreted what he said because they were thinking that he was leaving the option open for it to come to PS5 eventually. But, like, they reiterated, like, no, this is an Xbox exclusive. And I'm just thinking, though, like, yeah, that's obvious, dude, that you don't... Sp- I've been saying that. You don't spend $7.5 billion buying Bethesda to put your shit on other platforms. I, I really do think that all of their shit is going to be exclusive, save for maybe, like, a couple instances. Indiana like- Jones, because of Disney overlords, yeah. <laughs> I, I just They're going to want more money. That I could see maybe being on other platforms, but definitely like every Bethesda game, like your your Elder Scrolls Six, that's going to be Xbox exclusive. Sorry to tell you, Sony fans out there who want to play that game, you're just going to have to buy an Xbox. You think Microsoft is dangling the Game Pass app in front of Sony and saying, you can have these games if you put our service on your thing? Do you think that conversation's happening or is it going to happen at some point? I definitely think it's probably happened already. They uh they've probably gone to Sony and say and maybe it would be like a um you know, I've heard people pose that maybe it would be a curated version of Xbox Game Pass. A light version. Yeah, yeah. But I just don't think Sony is interested in that. Like they've especially the current regime, they they've been very uh like, you know, cut off from other platforms. They don't really want to work with other companies much. And they're very strict about their own exclusive shit. And I, I just don't really see it happening. I don't really see... I mean, do you think it could benefit Sony if Game Pass was to come to their system? The only way I think they would allow it is if they said, okay, it could be on there, but just the Bethesda games. We don't want your Halo. We don't want your Gears. Like, they don't want that competition on their system. Because Bethesda games have been on PlayStation systems for a long, long time. If if they really want the Bethesda games on there, if they want them on there, maybe they're saying, hey, we don't need them. But if they do want them on there, they're going to have to work something out with Microsoft. If it's Game Pass Lite or something else, I don't know. But they'll have to figure it out. That just seems like a really complicated deal to try to work out. I would think they'd much rather try to just do it on a game-by-game basis. Like, oh yeah, we want Elder Scrolls 6 or the next Fallout, so we'll just like pay for it to come on our system too. But then again, I just I don't know if Microsoft is interested in that. Microsoft wants to be everywhere. That's the thing. I know they want Game Pass on that PlayStation. The question is, is does Sony want it? I don't think they want it, but I'm hoping someone over there is talking to the, the, the higher-ups and saying, yeah, you know, we got to have some of those Bethesda games. Maybe we can try and work something out with them. I hope that conversation's happening. Yeah, I hope so, too, for, you know, all the PlayStation gamers who'd want those games. But I don't think Microsoft is interested in putting their individual games over on other platforms. I think they want Game Pass as a whole everywhere. So it's like, I don't know if it's an all-or-nothing type deal. Microsoft has so much money, dude. They don't need, like, say Sony's like, oh, we'll give you $200 million for Elder Scrolls no, 6. No, that's not going to happen. Microsoft doesn't give a shit about that, dude. <laughs> they, they want you, they want to draw you into their Game Pass ecosystem. We'll see what happens in a couple of years. 
in late 22, 23, probably come back to this conversation. We'll see. Maybe something will change. Yeah, maybe, man. It's really going to be interesting to see how Game Pass evolves. Because, like, I mean, it's awesome now, and I can see all the benefits. But there are, like, little things that I'm starting to see here and there that's like, mm, over time, I could see how this could be detrimental. Like, you, you, uh, you're starting to see a lot of people now with certain types of games where they're like, like, just take Aliens Fireteam Elite, for instance. I see a lot of people saying, oh, I'll just wait till it's on Game Pass. Like, automatically, there, there's no indication that it'll, it'll even be on Game Pass eventually. But certain games like that, where it's maybe a 40-hour game you're not sure of, people are just automatically saying, like, oh, I'll wait till Game Pass. So I could see how that could be affecting smaller developers, you know, and they're yeah. almost, like, forced to make a deal with X, with uh, Microsoft. It's funny you mentioned Aliens Fireteam, because me and Jason waited till the last week because we weren't sure if Microsoft was going to work out some deal. Like, are they going to put that on Game Pass? Yeah. <laughs> but That's what I'm saying. They they showed what was coming to Game Pass, and I didn't see Aliens Fireteam. I was like, all right, we're going to have to pre-order this. But yeah, if me and Jason were saying that about Aliens Fireteam, you bet your ass many, many, many others out there are do- doing the same thing. Yeah, because I'm definitely thinking that way about some games. Yeah, Battlefield. I'm like, is that coming to Game Pass? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's a huge game. Now, I, th- I think there's like, we've talked about the benefits where and it seems like most developers, especially smaller developers, are really happy with Xbox and Microsoft. Like, they seem like they're giving out really beneficial deals, which is great because more people are playing games that otherwise they wouldn't play. And let's be honest, Last Stop was not going to make a lot of money. Just not going to happen. So they probably made more money just hooking up with Microsoft. Yeah, and like, um, yeah, there's been plenty of games. Like, there's the that one game I talked about in my 15 minutes of game, the Mor- Morkred, which I never would have played that game before. And I played it, ended up liking it. You know, I was even conversing with the director of it back on on Twitter a little bit. And so, yeah, it's like it's super beneficial to indie developers. But yeah, I just kind of worry like over time, like how it's going to affect the state of the industry and how games are made. And, you know, there's always that worry about consolidation. It's possible game sales could suffer really bad uh, down the line if everybody's just saying, hey, maybe it's going to be on Game Pass. <laughs> or maybe I'll just wait a couple months and get it on Game Pass. Or, you know, uh, it's going to be interesting. I, I don't I don't know. I don't, it could go either way. Because I'm just looking at the movie industry, too, right now with COVID. There's, there's this whole debate like with uh, companies, should we put it in theaters only or should we do day and date simultaneous releases on digital as well? And it seems like obviously the, the, the companies want to only have it in theaters because that drives right. initial sales and it just increases the value of secondary markets when it eventually comes to like digital or whatever. But I've seen it with that too. It's kind of a similar thing where I'm not willing to go out yet and risk seeing a movie in theater. So I'm like, oh, I'll just wait till it's on digital. I'll rent it or something. Not only that, families are starting to realize how expensive it is to bring all of your kids to the theater. If you have like a good 65, 70 inch television at home, a real nice 4K screen, renting it for 15, 20 bucks is a hell of a lot cheaper than spending 70, 80, 100 plus dollars when it, when you include all the tickets and the food and the, the overpriced food that they have there and shit. It can get pretty pricey for some people. So I, I, I think this whole COVID thing has really sh- shown parents that they don't have to spend that much. 
and the kids would probably would be happy at home. Now, there's certain movies you want to see in the theaters. There's certain movies like a, like, like an Avengers film or something, but most movies, I think you could be perfectly fine just sitting at home watching it if you have the proper setup for it. Yeah, I agree. And you don't have to worry about like other people talking during the movie or. And now with the whole COVID thing, you don't have to worry about people sneezing and coughing on you. Oh, did I catch something in there? I mean, all that's out the window when you're watching it at home. Yeah. So the current release strategy seems to be the 45 day window where it's like it's in theaters for 45 days exclusively. And then it comes to digital PVOD, premium video on demand, where you can rent it for between 20 and 30 bucks seems to be the price range. And then after that, it becomes available to rent for like, what, five bucks or six bucks, whatever it is. But like, I still can't justify paying 30 bucks to rent a movie like... No, I, I think it's bad if you're by yourself and you're watching a movie by yourself. But if you have a huge yeah. family and you're all going to watch the movie, really not that bad. 20, 30 bucks. That's a good point because, like you said, you know, ticket prices are, are were so high. I, I don't know if they've changed since COVID because I haven't been to a theater since probably like the movie 1917. That's that military movie, right? It is, yes. Okay, like, yeah, I want to watch that. I, I am so glad that I watched that in theaters, man, because that is one that you have to watch in theaters, and it's a shame if you missed it in theaters. So yeah, I'm not going to theaters, so that was the last one I saw in theaters. But I can see how if, like, say, tickets cost between 10 to 15 bucks a ticket, depending on where you live, yeah, if you go, like, just you and another person, I mean, that's, like, your money right there. That's 30 bucks, so... Yeah, I could see if it, it could definitely, and then you don't you don't take into account like gas money, uh, concessions. Yeah, you're probably going to be paying less actually just staying at home and watching it. So, Mike, I'm thinking though. So, what do you think if we translated that to Game Pass? This 45 day window thing, how how would that work? I mean, if say it's like a big release, it doesn't necessarily have to be 45 days. Let's say like I don't know, 60 days or 90 days. Let's say. Yeah, we're, it's not going to be on Game Pass on re- release. It's, it's You're going to have to pay full price for the game, but we will for sure, like, it'll come to Game Pass, like, say, in two months or something. Do you think more people... I think there would definitely be people that would be willing to, to buy it up front because they want to play that game so bad and they can't wait two months. All just depends on what game it is at the end of the day. Yeah, of course. Call of Duty, everybody's going to buy that day one regardless. But if it's something like Last Stop, yeah, people are going to wait. They're not going to buy that. That's my fear. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's great right now for us gamers, but like, I almost feel like these, the more time goes on, these indie developers are almost being forced to make deals with Microsoft. And, and they're not necessarily bad deals because it seems to be that they're genuinely happy with the deals for the most part. But I, I don't know, man. I'm just wondering, like, as more consolidation happens across like all entertainment industries, like, I don't know, man, where does this go in a few years? Could Game Pass just be the place for indies? I'm not saying Game Pass isn't going to have any AAA games, but I'm just saying maybe there's going to be a time where Game Pass is just loaded with indie games. And then, of course, the Microsoft exclusives. Yeah, of course. Those will be the big AAAs. I think eventually some of these publishers with these third-party big AAA games are not going to want to go on Game Pass anymore. And there's, you know, there's devs making deals with Epic, too. The Epic Game Store has done a lot of exclusivity deals so right there's lots of places yeah i don't know man i just i just don't want like the creativity to be affected and i feel like right now game pass possibly even allows indie developers to take more risk because they have that guaranteed money up front 
Yeah, I guess I don't know. I'm just kind of running in circles right now. But yeah, I just don't want it to affect I don't want it to hurt indie developers, you know, in the long run, you know, because you, sometimes you can never see like how things are going to play out years from it's now. It's all a gamble, Jacques. It's just all a gamble. You don't these indie developers don't know if their game is going to explode and make a shit ton of money or if it's going to fizzle out and make nothing. And that happens a lot. Of course, you're going to have a, a decent amount of them go to Microsoft to get that big paycheck. So they have that safety net. I think it's so funny, too, how uh, PlayStation, like, you know how uh, they were getting ragged on for not really uh, paying attention to indies as much anymore? There was, like, that indie developer that came out and said, yeah, they're not fun to work with, and they they don't promote indies as much. And then that kind of, like, went around all the social medias and stuff. And then not too soon after that, all of a sudden you see, like, indies being, like, heavily promoted on uh, PlayStation's uh, home page and when you boot up your PlayStation and all this, and you got Shuhei like really pushing them on Twitter and stuff. Here's the thing, Jacques, if indie developers feel like this with Sony, more of them should come out and say something that will force Sony to change some of their uh, policies towards indie games and shit. I agree. Now you might burn your bridge in front of you. Sony may be like, no, we're not putting your game on here now. Sorry. It sucks that that that's going to happen, but, uh, unfortunately, some of these guys are going to have to just speak up and say something if we want change. Yeah, I think most developers just don't want to burn bridges. Speaking of uh, PlayStation, though, I think a big X factor in all this we're talking about is what is Sony going to do? What is their answer to Game Pass? They have an answer, but they haven't shown it yet. Because it's yeah, that's the thing. Because it's not just PS Now, like that's not enough. So it's been rumored for a while now. They've had they have something in the works. You think they're going to hook up with Netflix? Yeah, that's a possibility. That was one of the rumors because they've been doing all these little moves behind the scenes and they, uh, yeah, there was the rumor they're striking up a deal with Netflix and Netflix announced they are getting into gaming. So it seems to tie together. So like that would be crazy if like you, all the PlayStation exclusives are on Netflix and it just comes with your subscription. Could you imagine if they had a package that came with Netflix plus NPS now? Not only that, but like, um, you know, Netflix probably has some of the best servers, the most reliable servers. So yeah, they, they could merge PS now with, with, with Netflix. Um, yeah. I yeah. think that is like beneficial to both parties. And that would be like a shortcut for PlayStation, like piggyback off Netflix's servers. It's, it's an interesting time in the industry. Got to make your moves. Got to do different shit. It's all competition. Oh yeah, for sure. Like competition just, it, it, where they say a high tide raises all ships, the more competition just creates better products for the consumer. Can we take like one minute? My ankle's bleeding for some reason. I got blood. Yeah, man, go ahead. Sorry, I'll I'll uh I'll just uh commentate. I can hear the water running in the background. He thinks possibly a mosquito bit him and he smashed it, or maybe he picked up a, picked open a previous scab. I don't know but we have drawn blood on the podcast. It's a bad mosquito bite, and it just tore open. <laughs> a lot of blood, but I seem to have calmed it down right now so we can get back to the show. Sorry about that. Just needed that quick minute. Mike, it's it's okay if you're having your period. You know, it's a normal human bodily function. That oh, it's not that. I mean, I, I, I have those regularly, but it's not that. This is something else. Could you imagine if we had something similar, Jacques, with guys, if we just bled out our dicks every once in a while? <laughs> yeah, and that would not be fun. 
So I have a lot of respect to the, you know, to the female audience out there who have that shit. I mean, I would, ugh. they're used to it, but you know, could you imagine just walking around jogging all of a sudden you just bleed out the dick? Yeah. Not only that too, but they get like the, the, uh, PMS that comes along with it. You get like body pains, headaches, bad mood. Oof. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, the human bodies bleeding, um, DC Fandom is coming October 16th, and they're supposed to show off some more footage from Rocksteady's Suicide Squad and uh, the Gotham Knights game, which I believe is made by the same developer who made Arkham Origins? WB Montreal. WB Montreal, thank you. Yeah, so I, we're going to see more of those games, so I, I'm very interested, because uh, what we've seen so far looks good i mean i know the rocksteady one was only a cgi cinematic which i fucking usually hate but it was really well done and it's fucking rocksteady so like i'm already in gotham knights actually looked more in line with the arkham games that we're used to so i want to see more about that could be a lot of games next year holy shit holy shit oh my god next year is gonna be fucking ridiculous because all the games that got delayed this year are just going to fucking all be crammed into next year. It's going to be insane. Dude, if next year, if anybody is like, I don't have anything to play, fuck off, please. They'll be like, I don't have anything to play. Um, and they, you look at their library and they got 150 games. <laughs> what the f- like, come on. What's crazy is you could, like, if you don't care about graphics or all that shit, you could literally just get a cheap Xbox One and just get the base game pass for 10 bucks a month and you'll be fucking set for life. Normally I would recommend that, but lately PS4s and Xbox Ones are a little pricey. If you want to get an Xbox One S, you're going to have to spend over retail. I mean for a brand new one, you're going to have to spend over the retail price. Used one, yeah, not too bad. But yeah, that they haven't been making them uh lately. Probably has to do with the you know the shortage and everything. Uh, yeah, you can sell like a PS4 right now for a decent price. Like uh, you get a nice chunk of money. Don't go to GameStop. <laughs> sell that shit on eBay. Oh fuck GameStop. Yeah, I like GameStop for certain things, but when it comes to consoles, don't trade it in. They're they're gonna give you pennies. Yeah, dude, they've never been good with trading shit in. I mean, like sometimes you'll get lucky. Like you had that crazy deal yeah. recently. What did you trade in? Uh, Luigi's Mansion 3, I got 38 bucks. Yeah, that's insane. But typically, yeah, I would say, like, now they're they're good for, like, buying shit online, and you they ship, like, very quickly. I'll give them that. But other than that, like, just fuck GameStop. <laughs> I don't like going to their stores. I don't like how they do business. I'm honestly flabbergasted that they're still going. Like, I thought they were dead for sure. Their future's the website. It's gonna happen. Yeah, I think so. They may have a few stores strategically placed around the United States, but the vast majority of them, I see them being shut down. They don't get much foot traffic anymore. Every time I'm in GameStop, I'm the only one. There might be one other guy, but every time I go in there, it's like the store's open for me that day. Just me. That's how empty they are now. Yeah, between like... uh more game sales shifting towards digital and then COVID on top of that, it's kind of just decimated their business. You know, I actually have a GameStop story. I'm sure I told you this before, Jacques, but when I had the 360, I went to a local GameStop where I used to live. I walked in there just to pick up a cheap game. I decided to go with like a NBA 2K game, like one of the older ones. I think it was 2K8. 
So I got the game, walked out of the store. For some reason, I decided to take the disc out and look at it. It's a good thing I did. I took it out, flipped it over, had that circular ring on it. Remember when the 360s did that ring disc shit where they would damage the disc? Oh, yeah. That perfect scratch circle. Yeah, it was on that disc. So I immediately went back into the store. And uh, the chick that was working there uh, who got the copy for me, I, I told her, like, look, you-, you gave me one that's messed up. Can you give me another one? And she's like, no, it wasn't like that. I'm like, sure. I saw you just pull it out of the drawer and not look at it. And she still continued with her lie. She's like, no, no, no. You must have switched the disc. I'm like, okay. So I walked out, went to a different GameStop that was five miles away. And uh, the the regional manager was there, you know, the guy who goes around to all the stores. Me and him are very friendly. So I was like, hey, I was just at one of the other GameStops and I bought this cheap NBA game. And And I want to stress that this game was very cheap. Three bucks. Three dollars. Do you really think I would do that with a $3 game? So yeah, I explained the situation. I was just like, look at the the receipt. Like, I just came out of the store. And they told me I was the one who probably switched the discs. He's like, no, 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 no. We'll get you another one right now. And then I'll I'll handle that. And then he said, he's like, no, 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 that's no, there's no way you you would do that. It's like, like, why would you do that for a cheap game? Like, you would probably want to do that for like a Call of Duty game. He straight up said that. Uh, And then a couple weeks later, I went back into that store that, you know, gave me that issue, and uh, I didn't see her there. And she was always there. Every time I went in there, she was always there. I never had an issue with her, but I don't know why she lied, but I have a feeling they fired her. I told them who it was. Like, well, they saw the receipt. They saw the name because they have their names on the receipt. So they, they went in there, probably gave her a a strict talk, and uh, probably then fired her. I think that's what you got, happened. You got you got someone fired, Mike. Yeah, that's yeah. the only time I think I got somebody fired. But it's all on them. They lied to me, and they knew they were lying. And she knew she messed up and didn't look at the disc. All she had to say was this: "Oh, I- I'm sorry. I-, I just grabbed one from the drawer. I should have looked at the disc. You know, let me just get you another one. That's it." But no, she had to be like, uh, "Oh well, I'm- I don't like saying this, but you know, bitch. She 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 was she was acting like that." Well, it's kind of ridiculous, like, she's haggling with you over a $3 fucking sports game. Like, I wonder if that's what they were instructed to do in a situation like that. I don't know. That manager was pretty upset when I told him that. He could be lying, but, yeah, you know, who knows? I get you guys have, like, a relationship, but, like, yeah, I wonder if he just uh, was like, you know, she had to fall on the sword for that, you know what I mean? It's possible. I mean, there is a lot of shady shit that happened at GameStop. Oh, yeah, I've heard tons of stories, man. That, that's why I fucking hate GameStop. And then just, like, you know, the experiences of going in there in the day, old days where, like, they would just fucking nonstop bother you about, like, hey, you want to pre-order? You want to pre-order? You want to subscribe to Game Informer? You want to you get the warranty? You wanna... I'm like, no, dude, just leave me the fuck alone. I really like my store, though. Shout out to my store because they don't do that. They don't force anything on you. They're very nice. They know a lot about their shit. Remember that whole thing with the headset with that guy? That guy was above and beyond when he was when he was trying to help me. He went above and beyond. So yeah, I, I really like them there. I hope they don't switch them out anytime soon. So I don't mind going in, into my local store because I, I, I shop around that area all the time. The store's there. I don't mind walking in there. 
and uh, grabbing something if I need it. Like if I need another battery pack or whatever, I, I go in there. But that's very rare. I, I have something. I have a question that I wanted to finish out the podcast with. Sure. And it's something that just randomly popped into my mind yesterday while I was stoned. How come we refer to first-person shooters as FPSs, but we don't refer to third-person shooters as TPSs? I can't come up with a good answer for that. Do you have an answer, Mike? Well, when they say third-person shooter, they usually write down 3RD, third-person shooter. They don't put T. But we don't write out, like, 1ST for first-person. It's just yeah, FPS. Right. The industry is a little weird when it comes to that stuff. Well, and it's even more confusing when FPS could also be used for frames per second. If I say FPS, like, oh, frames per second? Uh, no, no, I was talking about first-person shooter. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I think I'm going to start referring to third-person shooters as TPSs from now on. TPS sounds like a channel or something. It's like TBS. It sounds like TBS. <laughs> or uh, from Office Space, the TPS reports. <laughs> oh, God. Hey, Peter. Do you have those TPS reports? I love that movie, but I feel it's a little overrated. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Don't come at me, people. Just a little bit. I, I still love it, though. Do you feel the same way? or Office Space? Yeah. Oh, my God. I fucking love that movie. I watched it with my mom, too, maybe again, like maybe a couple years ago. We both love it. I, I disagree with you. <laughs> Great. We, we get to end out the podcast with a disagreement. That's perfect. And we don't really, if you guys have an answer why we don't use TPS for third-person shooters, like, let me know. I, I'm genuinely curious. I just find find it really weird. Yeah, we say MMO, massive uh, multiplayer online. We say, what the hell else do we say, Shock? I can't remember. I mean, we have RPGs, like, we abbreviate RPGs, like, all kinds of, of course, shit. Yeah. But it's just when it comes to third-person shooters, we're just like, we stop there. Like, that's where we draw the line. <laughs> can't have it. Can't have it with that. But yeah, I think we're uh, we're gonna end this podcast right here. Um, this was good. I enjoyed it. I think it uh, flowed pretty well. I mean, I it don't was know if this interesting. Yeah, it was interesting. We'll I, I, it all comes down to how it's gonna sound in, after editing. So I'm sure it's gonna be very good, though. Well, like guaranteed, it's gonna sound ten times better once you finish editing it, like they always do. Because sometimes we finish these podcasts, and I'm like. Man, that that sounded rough. Like I don't know. And then it comes Raw time. Raw versions where... are terrible, guys. You don't want to hear them. <laughs> it's no, really it's bad. terrible. Yeah, Mike <laughs> is a wizard. And then it comes time where I listen to the final product. And I'm like, oh, that was actually pretty good. Good job, Mike. The podcast sounding good is a lot due to Mike's editing. So, yeah, I wanted to give him credit there. Yeah, I slave over it. I don't eat. I don't sleep. I don't shit. I just edit all day. I mean, I just keep you locked up in a dungeon with a chain, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm not going to let you eat. Lady D's down there making sure I edit the podcast, yeah. Yeah, you you get no bread until you finish this. But yeah, guys, give us some feedback. I mean, did you like this? Uh, do you want to see more of this? Do you want to see more of the old format? Or do you want to see a bit of a mix? A little of what we've been doing, and a little of this. We just don't know because nobody gives us feedback at least not on a regular basis except for like a few friends but there are friends so yeah you know. sean we, yeah we, we wanna, sean indy, indy and a couple of others yeah, yeah. yeah ashley and brandon we, but we just we want to hear from the the strangers we don't know who somehow fucking decided to take a chance on us and somehow are sticking with us i don't know why but i'm glad you are enjoying us 
but let us know do you can do you like the format we usually do or we have hard sections like topics stuff like that or do you like it more free form like this which it's not wildly different we're just not sectioning it out you know we're just kind of like flowing one thing into another someone's yelling right now we're surprise mechanics don't worry like we're not getting rid of surprise mechanics like if we can have a healthy conversation uh with the listeners if that's possible <laughs> i think we can find a middle ground there's room for both yeah i agree i agree and don't worry guys like i said we're not getting rid of surprise mechanics because we like that oh, way no. too much so no this is good now in the next episode we'll go back to the old format and uh, not old you know what i mean the the, the format we usually do the regular format yeah and then you can compare and then see what you guys think is the best we generally want to hear from you guys like we're just regular ass people man we just want to we're just trying to do something that's fun like hey just give us a comment thumbs up whatever man just just speak to us all right well i'm gonna attempt to land this plane so you can visit us on social media at boundless gamers we're on facebook twitter and instagram and we would appreciate if you would give us a follow on your favorite podcast platform. And that is all. We are going, to, as I hear a car drive by, right at the end. That is perfect. Maybe it doesn't come through the mic this time. But no, it really doesn't. It just sounds like we're talking, like just imaginary cars are going by. <laughs> that one time it did, man. It was so stinking loud. It was recent. But I left it in because it was funny. Yeah, sometimes they get real loud. But uh, anyway, guys, yeah, uh, we... Hope you enjoyed listening, and we hope you join us next week. So until then, I am Jacques. I'm Mike. And we will see you next week. <laughs>